This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack, we have baseball players down at Citizens Bank Park playing baseball, doing baseball things. I'm so fired up, man. That was a regular season, yo. That was uh that was a workload to baseball, yo, for yeah, sure. We've had a, we've had a lot of of lame yo times. It, I'm just getting them in now, you know. It, it's pent up yos. I love it, and you know what? Honestly, for as excited and happy as I am that uh, there's physical baseball being played on the grounds of Citizens Bank Park, oh, I'm, you know what made me the most happy this week, James, was. You know, the kids that were climbing over the center field fence to get a glimpse of, of the ball players playing on the, on the field of Citizens Bank Park. Because you know what? Like, you know, I, I hear, I hear all... you're one of those kids. Exactly. Yep. And I hear all the old heads that are always like, Oh, you know, I used to sneak into Shibe Park for a 50 cents and uh, I'd just, I would love to watch the ball club. Well, you know what? Those kids are just trying to tell, do what their their grandfathers and grandparents had done back at Shibe Park or the or Veterans Stadium, and it was like, you know what? Honestly, at that moment, I was like, baseball is gonna be okay. You know, we're gonna we're gonna make it. <laughs> I love it. This is great. This is wholesome content right here. Uh, I don't think I don't think there's a more wholesome podcast than the no. High Hopes podcast. We are. That's what we do. We're both diseased and we are wholesome at the same time. Um, I feel a little bit fraudulent right now, James. Uh, I know. Ooh, oh. I know. I know. This uh-oh. is not. This is. This must be big, Where right? Where are we if going with this? Yeah. If we're throwing out the fraud word, um, I'm drinking a Boston beer right now. I'm having Trillium from Boston. Uh, now, I would. I would like to say that I'm drinking it because I'm thinking about. Aaron Nola and his seven shutout innings in Boston in 2018. It's a good spin, man. It's a good spin. Which I think is my favorite Phillies baseball game since, like, 2012. Um, And, dude, I think think about the Nola start in Boston at least once a week. I mean, (laughs) I love the Nola start in Boston. Um, Me too. I feel like we spent too much time on the 2018 Phillies already in this podcast, so I'm very sorry for getting us derailed. Yeah, if, if five seconds is too much time, so yes. If you could please reel us back in. But yes, uh, baseball. <laughs> I ba- can never reel you back in. I try. It is yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, you know. Um, you gotta be you. You gotta be you, Jack. Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta be you. But baseball's back, and like, man, shout out to the Phillies uh, social media department. Like, I was already excited for the Phillies, but they're putting out these daily videos, and I, I'm sure they're just captu- capturing the good moments. But I, I think I already genu- genu- genuinely love this team. Like, I love this team. <laughs> you're such an easy sell. I yeah. agree with you, but you're such an easy sell. Yeah, but they seem so happy, and that's kind of like that's what kind of sucks about not having a full season and and uh, not really having fans that these guys can play up to. Because it, you know, like imagine imagine a whole season of DD. And Andrew McCutcheon and and stashed Reese and Bryce and JT ripped like ripped JT like it's just they they seem like they're having a lot of fun and I think that in a season with fans and a season full of a full Citizens Bank Park 
I felt like we would have seen, you know, a, a real joy of a Phillies baseball team that we hadn't really felt since 2011. And it, it felt like my general feels that it would, it would have been a really, really, really easy team to get behind. And I know it's only social media, and I know we won't know the games are played, and I'm furious I can't go down there during the day because I just, I just want to see <laughs> how they're looking. But they seem like a very, very fun team. And, uh, I mean, what is it, 17, 16 days? Dude, it's two weeks from tomorrow. It's 15 days. Tomorrow, Friday, we're recording this Thursday night. Friday, it's two weeks from Friday. Two, like when most people hear this podcast, it'll be two weeks from today that the Philadelphia Phillies will be taking the field to play the Miami Marlins at Citizens Bank Park for baseball that matters. Um, I Look, I'm with you. You know, like before he got hurt last year, I made the, the declaration on this podcast that Andrew McCutcheon was my favorite Philly. And it's unbelievable how much more I love him now than I did then. He was already my favorite. And now it's like, how could anyone not love this guy? I mean, how could you not love everything about the way Andrew McCutcheon goes about his business? Not only does he play the game perfectly, we talked about that last year, the way he runs the bases, the way he plays defense, the way he bats, like it's all picture perfect, but he just seems like the best dude. I mean, even like the Uncle Larry thing, he takes that, you know, Howard making this this Twitter mistake, which he does all the time, and and he takes that and turns it into a persona and into a gag. I, I just, like, I don't know how you couldn't love Andrew McCutcheon. So I, I, I'm with you, Jack. I think this team has a lot of personality. I'll also say that to your point about um, the importance of those videos on, on their Twitter timeline and all that stuff, also just having reporters down there has been awesome. I, I wasn't expecting it with, you know, all that's going on. I was expecting it to be, uh, you know, the type of thing where they didn't allow reporters in there to watch this stuff. And Getting these videos, getting these reports from these these reporters has, has been awesome. Totally. And uh, I would just like to say, I would like to say that I think that Andrew McCutcheon uh, does, like, should start sending some money to Howard Eskin. We are a, <laughs> we are a pro-Howard podcast. Yes, and I, for sure. I just think... <laughs> I think it's uh, our dude. I think, yeah, I think he should be getting some royalties for all this Uncle Larry stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Like, and there's a lot of people down there um which is good uh it's good that they're getting a bunch of access and like you know i i'm I'm obviously a major sucker for uh any kind of phillies content i could get like oh yeah we know we know i mean i i i'm deciphering every single video that i see from down there like oh what is this guy doing you know how's he looking against this you know uh did i get nervous when i saw a video of reese hoskins hitting one against nick pavetta that was i don't know like two rows deep in the, in the in left field yeah i did but then i looked and I said that ball's foul so there's nothing to worry about here <laughs> i love that is that is as on brand as it gets i will get back to some of the stuff that we've actually seen from down there but Look, uh, somehow we've actually had two schedules released since the last time we talked about it. Uh, we don't have to get into the 2021 one as much. Um, but the 60-game schedule, like this is the first time, Jack, you and I are talking since knowing what games the Phillies will be playing this season, how it shakes out, the 60-game sprint to the finish. What was your overall takeaways from the schedule? Uh, it seems it seems pretty easy early. Uh, like they, they're going to have to win those games early uh, to really make a, a dent in this season. Yeah, nine uh, out of their first thirteen against Miami and, and Toronto. Like you have to take advantage of that. 
hundred percent. Especially in a year where you and I have talked about this, but I mean, it, it really is a year where a hot or cold start could literally make or break your season. And, you know, it's that it's that gra- you know the gravity of it is is that high. So. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm already, I mean, I'm already terrified of the uh, of, of the freaking Marlins series to open the season. Like I, I can already see them going one for two, and everyone's like, oh, well, what did I even get my hopes up for anyway? Because here the classic uh, Phillies are back. Um, it's so weird. It's so weird seeing all the Yankees games on the schedule. Like I'm just, I'm just so not ready to to, to see what the Yankees are gonna do the to the bottom half of this Phillies pitching staff. Um, I do like that they're early though. Like they're early in the season. You, I mean, they're done with the Yankees before August. August once August first starts, they don't play the Yankees again. So I don't. I do like the idea of just getting those out of the way. Maybe you get a Yankees team that's still got to iron out a few kinks. I know the Phillies will too, but. I don't know. I feel like I'd rather get the and look, who knows, maybe, you know, the Yankees end up losing like seven major players over the course of the season and be better to play them at the end of August than than the beginning of July or the end of July. Um, But I I think just on a, you know, a macro scale, I think I'd rather have the Yankees early that early. And, and, you know, I think it takes away at least a tiny bit of their advantage rather than being a a, more of a well-oiled machine. Yeah, I mean the Yankees won't be prepared for uh, fifth starter Pavetta, and you know. <laughs> you mean you mean dual fifth starter Pavetta and Velasquez when they each get three innings? Yep, taking down taking down all nine innings there. Um, now, so you mentioned the Yankees, how you get them out of the way early, and then you replace them with the the Nationals, the defending World Series champions, and it's uh, that was an interesting sound. But honestly, honestly, I just look at the schedule and I'm like. Oh, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, it's one thing for us to talk about it going into being like, oh, this schedule is going to be brutal. Like, we know it. They've got the toughest two divisions in baseball playing each other. They have to play four teams, and there are three other teams in their own division. We're all, you know, either really good or at least solid. We knew it was going to be tough, but when you actually go through it game by game and see it laid out, it's just like, oh, the phrase again. Jesus. Oh, that's again. Oh, well, now they're, you know, going to balls. Like, it just is. It's, it's, it's daunting. Dude, so I'm looking right now, right? And it goes in uh, in August. It goes uh, Braves, Orioles. It's like, oh, cool. All right, nice little three-game set against the Orioles. Mets, Red Sox, Braves, Nationals, Braves, uh, Nationals. The finger. Mets to, to... again, then Boston, and then you end it with Miami. That Well, I think, yeah. I think that stretch of baseball, like assuming, and again, this is a season where hot and cold starts will – Make or break teams. Like we will see a team. You know, you and I have talked about this. There, there'll be a team that people don't expect to make the playoffs who starts out, you know, nine and one, and they're going to make the playoffs. And there'll be a team that everybody expects to make the playoffs who starts out three and seven or something, and and they're not able to recover. Like that kind of stuff's going to happen. But assuming the Phillies can at least hold water, and like we said, maybe even get out to a, a bit of a hot start with those early games, I think you're really looking at that August twenty fifth through September 13th stretch of baseball as being their biggest, most important stretch. It's their longest. Obviously, they're playing 20 straight games those days, 20 straight games. And it's on the road, then home, then back on the road. Then, you know, I mean, it's it's they're moving around. Like you said, in that stretch of baseball, they play six games against Washington. They got three, excuse me, seven against Washington, three against Atlanta in there. They have four against the Mets in there. I mean, that's not only all good baseball teams, but the teams you're in theory, you know, we always talk about the wild card, but in theory fighting for the division with that is, I think, you know, provided they don't get out to a really cold start and their season's over before it really begins. I think that stretch of baseball is going to make or break them. 
Can I just say something? Uh, I'm already like I, I I just assume JD Martinez is gonna hit like 400 against us. <laughs> he totally, totally. Like there, there's no way there is a zero percent chance that JD Martinez just does not take us to school every single time. Like. There's just no way Pavetta ever gets him out. They're, they're, <laughs> I will put it at a 0% chance that Nick Pavetta ever gets out J.D. Martinez. Like, that guy is going to hit no less than 400 against the Phillies. If I could take a prop bet on who is going to be the Phillies killer this year, it's him. It's DJ LeMayu. Um, who else am I thinking of here? That Like, Rendon's gone, Raphael which is Raphael Devers scares me always. Devers, Devers does always scare me. Soto, um, I mean, obviously. Yeah, I guess, I'm talking you, about... I guess you got to put Victor Robles on the list, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I think I got in Victor Robles' head honestly last year down in Washington. Uh, like Bogarts, <laughs> I could already see Bo- broke, Bogarts is going to torture us. You broke him down. Yep, and then they won the World Series, so um, nailed it once again. <laughs> the power of Fritz. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> you know me. I'm sorry, Bryce. Um, but honestly, I think. My first take is I don't think the Red Sox are going to be that good this year, and I don't think they really want to be that good this year. I could totally see Haim just being okay with getting a top ten pick and and moving on to next year after losing uh, after losing uh, Mookie. Um, I think the Mets are going to be a lot better than expected. Like I I I look at the Mets roster and I'm it's pretty good, I man. I think I think they have a good roster. <laughs> yeah, like you look at the lineup and you're like, oh, like this sneakily could be a really nice lineup and. The thing that they have that the Phillies don't have is they've got a bullpen that I think you could probably count on. You know, Diaz was up and down so far as a Met, but there's a lot of talent in that bullpen. Yeah, yeah. Well, Seth Lugo's my guy. I mean, oh, Sethy Spin Race. Spin, spin Master. Sethy Spin Guy. Uh, well, there's that, and then all the reports out of New York is that Jonas Cespedes is, like, back-back. I know. And I might I might try to steal. I just realized I'm in a fantasy draft the start of the night, which I had no idea about. Um, <laughs> what time? What time you got it? Is it coming? Well, up no, to... no, no, no. It's like it's like a slow draft. Okay, so, okay, uh, yeah. Uh, and I think I think the Nationals aren't going to be that good this year. You know, I've said it a couple times, and I, every time I say it out loud, I'm like, that sounds stupid. You know, but I, I say it out loud like the defending World Series champions, and it's like, dude, Rendon's not there. You know, obviously Soto's still there, Robles is still there, Zimmerman opted out, and the pitching staff's still ridiculous. But like. Like, Rendon was Rendon was such a machine for that team um, that they're just not gonna they're not gonna have the same bite I don't think as as they've they've had in the last couple of years. Like every time I say like that, yeah, the Nationals won the World Series last year. It's like they did, but I, I mean, who on that team really scares me offensively anymore outside of outside of Soto? I mean, I think a little bit. He's an okay. I think he's an okay player. Uh, Howie Kendrick hit like nine hundred in the in the postseason. Like Adam Eaton's a nice player, but you're not scared of him. Same thing with Robles. Nice player, but but there's there's not the pitching staff's going to be what you know would carry that team in a in a short season. But offensively, with Rendon gone, they just don't have the same. uh, You know, I'm not as scared of that team offensively as I. I mean, they have a horrendous bullpen. Like, I don't know how they won the World Series with it, but that's a you know, Will Harris was a nice signing, but it's not a good bullpen. Every year is a horrendous bullpen, except last year they figured it out because Daniel Hudson remembered it was like 2009 and said, uh, I'm going to figure it out real quick back here. I definitely um, owned Daniel Hudson in fantasy back then. Not that oh. far because I don't think it was that far ago. But when he was a, a, a Diamondback prospect, that was all over Daniel Hudson. All right. So can I get can I get a, uh, my first prediction out there? Yes, please. So Phil's, Phil's are took, treading water. What took water. you so long? 
feel yeah i'd never give uh prediction on this podcast uh and i've never said the term break out the beta um <laughs> here's here's what's gonna happen okay yeah the fills are gonna be like around 500 maybe two games above 500 and you know they're gonna come off a series at home against the mets and they're gonna be started getting some momentum here in september and then the blue jays are gonna come to town <laughs> And we're going to be all like, oh, the one of the worst teams in baseball is coming into the bank. And then I don't Bo know. Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio and Vlad Jr. are going to tear us apart. Oh, uh, Vlad Jr. hits no less than 900 that series with like uh, six homers. He, they do a lot of young talent. To be fair, that Toronto team, Nate Pearson's going to come up at some point. That team uh, is can't a wait. monster. Um, I, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for I need. If I could just ask one thing of the baseball gods, it would be it would be Spencer Howard versus Nate Pearson oh, in, in September. Me. Give it to me. Well, you're right though. It is one of those things where look, and I think, you know, despite our fe- probably irrational fears of the Toronto Blue Jays, um, getting Toronto six times. You wanted the Orioles the most. They only play them three. That's a bummer. But uh, I'd rather have Toronto six than the other teams in that division. But you're right. It's setting up for Toronto to be the, last year's Marlins this year. Like where it's like those are the games they are going to win those games. They got to win those games. And then some of they go like one and five against them. Yeah. A hundred thousand percent. And like I've, I, I'm already uh, not sleeping well at night thinking about the Marlins rotation, you know, of, of guys that like I swear only you and I have heard of. That I, love, are gonna... I love them, man. I'm Dude, a, I, I'll watch Sandy Alcantara pitch any day. Give him a Give me Caleb Smith. Like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, if, 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 dude, it would be the boldest move ever to put Max Meyer on the, on like the opening day <laughs> roster. <laughs> that would be like incredible. I mean, he's a college guy, though. So, you know, that'd be bold, though. Yeah, but he's already, I mean, he's already pretty much there. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like, I mean, look, Sixto, like, Sixto's not that far away. Like, I don't know if we see him this year, but certainly next year at the latest. Oh, that'll be some nice poetic justice. It'll be great. Um, it'll be super fun. As JT's walking out the door. Uh, uh, but, uh. But honestly, like for for as like much of a gauntlet as as the Phillies schedule is, and it's a gauntlet. Like the the Orioles are terrible, and they might win. Like, wh- why would the Orioles win ten games this year? I don't like. It's just, I mean, they might not. I mean, like, there's I mean, no point the, to it. Yeah, I mean, ten is is low, but I know, I know. Yeah, I know. but I that's, mean, like, that's basically look, I, I could see the games. Orioles winning in in the teens for sure. Like they'll be terrible. But other than that, like I think the Marlins have talent. I think the Blue Jays have talent. Yeah. The Rays always find a way. Now they lost Haim, but you never know. Um, and like for 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 as nerve wracking and as it is, like I'm gonna be excited to see how the Phillies stack up against these teams. Like I'm excited to see them go against the Yankees. I don't think the Red Sox are gonna be good this year. I'm excited to see that. Uh, I'm excited to see who they're gonna be going against and how they match up. And it for as much as you can't take too much away from this season from a uh, roster evaluation standpoint, they're going up, going up against some of the best in the entire sport. Um, and I think that could be a, a big going into to 2021. So I'm both nervous and excited for, for what... For the schedule this, and all that. For the schedule, yeah. Yeah, and look, to your Nationals point really quickly, I, I thought they're one of the teams that was helped by the layoff. I think, you know, playing deep into October for the first time like that and wearing out those arms like they did, I think would have had repercussions on them if the season had started three months ago, like it was supposed to. I don't know if it'll still linger. Um, I was down on the Nats going into the season. Now I'm a little less down on them. You know, they're still a good team. Losing Rendon 
obviously matters. But I think also to your point, and I think this is look, we all know, we all know, we all know it's a unique, the most unique year that we've ever seen that any of us have ever seen. But I also think that I think that as a result of that, like it's not just talent that's going to matter this year. I think that the there's a lot more that's going to go into the teams that have success this year in terms of mental fortitude, in terms of um, being able to play under these conditions while there are so many other factors, obviously COVID factors, but the uh, short schedule to this, to that, like there are so many things that are unique and different this season that I think maybe you see a group of guys that just react to this particular situation better than others. And I think it could, my point being that we could, it could be a funky year in terms of teams you expect to be great versus teams you don't expect to be great. Look, the Orioles, the the Tigers, the Mariners, those teams aren't competing no matter what. But I do think that once you get to a certain threshold, and, and I would say the Phillies, the Mets, those types of teams are like that level of team. I think that some weird stuff could happen this year, for lack of a better phrase. You know what I mean? Oh, we talking wonky? We're talking good wonky, things, baby. Good, it's good a wonky good. year. We need it. I mean, look, let's be real. If this were a 162 normal season, the Phillies, as currently comprised, we're not going to win the World Series this year. I, you know, I'm not betting on it. I don't expect it, but it's going to be weird this year. Weird things are going to happen this year. Yeah, uh, like playing your way into getting a top 10 pick and getting some stud in the draft. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, listen, if he starts slow, don't be afraid to tank. Well, it, yeah, it is crazy. I mean, think about that, Jack. Think about two weeks into a, a baseball season, we will be a quarter of the way through the year, and there will be teams that two weeks into the season know that their season is over. Like, it's crazy, man. This is going to be crazy. It's going to be so wild. It's going to be such a unique, weird year. Like even for us, like is it, you know, the, what we what we always say, we're diseased Phillies fans, diseased baseball fans. Like it's going to be so unique for all of us. Obviously just the the what the game looks like, you know, the air high fives and no fans. That's going to be weird enough as it is, but also like following the standings, like under like you you know, like we know, like you know like all right, if I'm four games back on August 15th, what's that mean for my chance? You know, you know these types of things. You know how hard it is to come back from that. This year, it's it's all new. We have no idea, like, how quickly or how, you know, how quickly your season could fall away from you. Definitely. De- uh, uh, what was that? That was Siri, and she did not like my point, Jack. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was a good point. She said, I'm not uh, sure I understand. Well, screw you. Well, I don't get what Siri doesn't understand. Yeah, uh, the, like, the seasons could be over very quickly for the season. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty, pretty clear point, Siri. Yeah, I, I think you need to get a new iPhone. Like, I need to get a new. Like, I need to get a new computer. Um, oh, Jack desperately needs a new computer. For those who don't know, maybe people will be able to hear it. Uh, if you're, if you've got a very keen ear, at a certain point earlier in this podcast, Jack's computer, yet again died on us or overloaded or whatever and we had to stop and then restart so just when i just when i thought we were figuring figuring out this whole home podcasting (laughs) thing like last last one was our best one i i'm like jack it was perfect no issues and you know yeah yeah we're back (laughs) we're back but now i'm on jill's computer and everything's fine so it's a beautiful thing of course jill would have a working computer and you would not that sounds pretty on point for the two of you. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
15 days. Andrew Knapp days from uh, from from opening oh, day. Oh, thank goodness. Did you did you like the video of Andrew Knapp throwing oh, out uh, Bryce Harper today? Nappy's a uh, Nappy's a character down there. These guys love him. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a great a great, great team guy. And, and, love love that guy. What a team yeah, guy. It calls not maybe not a great baseball guy. Maybe not a great umpire, according to his teammates, <laughs> and uh, works a great count. So. All right. Well, let's. Uh, you have anything else on the schedule before we uh, kind of pivot over to talk about what's been happening down at Citizens Bank? Nah. Let's let's get. Yeah. Into let's it. get into it. All right. We were alluding to the nappy thing. Let's let's backtrack real quick and talk about the. I, I personally, what I think, and obviously, we'll talk about the actual baseball we've seen. Alec Bohm ripping doubles, all kinds of good stuff, but. From a, a news standpoint, I think the number one thing that's happened there, outside of, you know, everyone finally showing up, the Aaron Nola of it all, and that whole situation, and the Adam Hazley situation with the false test. Yeah, the, and all the that. wrong lab does, test. Does that, but I'll just say this very quickly. Major League Baseball, get your crap together. Button this up because the, the quickest thing that could hurt this season is, is not being able to have tests and testing done uh, diligently and on time. But that's not what we're talking about tonight. Um, outside of all that stuff, I think the biggest news – uh, on day one, the first intra-squad game, they have JT Realmuto, a bomb of a home run, and Bryce Harper, at the top of his lungs, yells, sign him! And everyone heard it. Everyone tweets about it. It's um, We've already seen Harper do the Realmuto jersey thing. We talked about that, that last time. We, we thought it was fun. You know, support your guy. Cool. Does the uh, Zoom interview where he says it, it's, it's ter- it would be terrible if they don't sign him. And now, you know, kind of openly yelling these things, knowing there are reporters there, knowing this is going to be um, out there. And even JT Romito commenting about it today because he was asked about it and said, you know, I don't want to talk about me, but loves Bryce and appreciates it. But what is your take on this? Because it's fun to see him stand up for his guy, but it's also, I mean, to be frank, an awkward situation a bit for the team he's playing for, you know? Yeah, so this might come as a surprise, but I, I actually hate it. And I wish he would stop wow. doing it. It, it, it. it is a surprise, Jack. I know, and it's not—it's not because I don't want them to sign JT we, Romito. We all—we all want them to sign JT Romito. We don't need to clarify it anymore. We want them to sign him. Yeah, totally agree. Now, the—the the reason I don't like it is because I think it sets a bad precedent. You know, obviously we want to sign JT Romito, and I think the Phillies want to sign JT Romito. But what happens when Hoskins' contract comes up? Is Bryce going to be screaming at the Phillies to re-sign? Reese Hoskins, you know, I, I just think that it, I think it creates an awkward, like, kind of divide in the locker room. And a couple of years from now, if these guys start coming up for contracts and Bryce isn't yelling at the front office to sign them, they're going to be like, uh, hey, dude, I want to get paid too. And I, I understand that JT's more important than some of the guys on the team, and I, I, I get it. But I, I just think it's like, it's going to be awkward. You know, I mean, Donovan, Donovan stuck up for, for Westbrook. And, and wanted Westbrook to get paid, and he didn't stick up for T.O., and that's what kind of caused that whole thing. Um, so, you know, sure, it's cool, and it's he was he definitely did it loud enough, so he made sure that the writers heard it so that they would write about it and it would put even more pressure on the Phillies. But I just don't like the precedent that it sets because I think that eventually guys in the locker room are going to be like, yo, dude, you know, I mean, you did it for him. Why can't you, you know, I want to get paid too. And I understand that. You know, like if I'm a player's perspective, I'm saying what makes JT so much more special than me? You know, why aren't you why aren't you sticking up for me? So if you're going to do it for him, you're going to have to do it for everyone. And the Phillies can't pay everyone. So I I just think there there could be an awkward, um, you know, kind of repercussion to it. Jack, I I think that's an 
incredible point, and I 100% agree with you. And I honestly think that, you know, Harper could convey the very same message by going and talking to John Middleton, which I'm sure he could do whenever he wants to, call up John Middleton, and I'm, and maybe he has, but, like, doing this up publicly isn't going to make it any better. Like, it's not going to make this – it's not going to be like, oh, crap, he's calling us out publicly. Now we have to sign him. Like, that's not the way it works. And all you're doing is, like you said, you're creating a potential situation down the road, and you're also – look, you're a Philadelphia Philly. You committed here. You're here for the next 13 years. Like, you are openly undermining your team's ability to negotiate with a free agent. You're taking their leverage away. You're literally taking it away from the team you are a part of. Like, you want this team to be great for a long period of time. Like, don't take their leverage away. Like, you're you're creating a situation that is bad for the team. And I, again, I respect him standing up for his guy. I think it's important all that. But he could do it without hurting the team publicly. Like, he could do, he could convey the same message by going and talking to them and Look, yes, does this put more pressure on them doing it publicly? Yes, it does. But it also hurts the team you play for. Like, ultimately, they know you want them to, re- to resign. We all want them to resign. I'm sure they want to resign him, but, like, you don't want them to do it at the, the like, to their detriment, right? Like, you don't want to hurt the team, right? I just don't think that Bryce is really thinking about this outside of saying, I'm supporting my friend in the moment. And I don't think he's thinking about the many different repercussions of it. Yeah, I just think he—I think he wants—he just wants them to sign JT, and he wants to make sure that they don't lose them in free agency, which is great. Like neither do I. I don't want the Phillies to lose them in free agency either. I would—I would like for them to resign them, um, but it, it just—it kind of kills all their leverage. And you know, obviously, you know, you don't like—you don't like talking about leverage and free agency and all that when we talk about baseball players, but. You know that's just the nature of the business, and um, you know they're they're the way it's trending. They're probably gonna overpay for them. Yeah. You know I don't that's, I don't that's know. what I think is gonna happen too. I don't and, and obviously we're, we're pro players getting their money and and all that good stuff. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's a very tall ask to think that that JT would get you know five one twenty on the market or even five hundred on the market. Um, so it, it feels like it's going to be an overpay. And listen, ultimately, it, it's, it's nice that Bryce is sticking up for his guy. Yes. Um, and it's I nice agree. that uh, it's nice that he it, it seems like he realizes that that it's <laughs> it would be very tough to win without JT Real Muto. You know, there's not too much high level talent on this Phillies team. There's a bunch of good players, but JT and Bryce are the elite players on this team. Um, and there's not really another path to get it. Like hopefully Boehm can turn into that, but for them to win a world series in the next five years, it's going to be on the backs of, of Bryce Harper and JT real Muto and hopefully Alec Boehm, um, you know, getting the job done there. And if they don't resign JT real Muto, like what's the plan What's like, what's the plan there? So um, I understand how important it is to resign JT real Muto. I, I fully get it. Um, but I just, for the sake of the locker room, I'm I'm sure they probably don't care, but you don't know how those guys are going to be thinking when free agency is here, and if Bryce isn't doing the same thing for them, what they're going to think. Um, so yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, and again, I think that's a really important point, and again, I, I just think it's creating a a situation that is difficult to deal with for the team you play for. But I I, th- I agree with your point, and I do want to you know reiterate that. 
I love that Bryce Harper loves his teammate this much. And I love that he's willing to put his mouth out there and say, I'm going to stick up for my guy publicly and all that. I I appreciate that. That's the type of, look, I would want to be Bryce Harper's teammate. Like that's the type of feeling it gives me. Like I want to be that dude's teammate. And I, and I'm sure JT feels that way. And, and until those other guys have to get paid, maybe they feel that maybe they they hope that Bryce will stand up for them too. Um, But yeah, I, I just think, look, ultimately what it comes down to is this team has to be willing to spend money. And that's the question mark that we still don't really know. You know, we don't know that they're really willing to spend deep into the luxury tax or at least into the luxury tax to really put together a team that is not just capable, but has a real chance, a true chance to win a a championship in the next few years during Bryce's prime, which is the whole point of bringing that guy in here. And it's the whole reason you sold him on coming here. Um, I just think like ultimately, yes, they're, they're going to have to spend money. JT Romito is going to have to be here and they're going to have to, to spend. They're going to have to be willing to go over the luxury tax. So ultimately I hope that that's something Middleton, um, is willing to do. All right. What else has stood out to you from the, um, the videos, the, the, you know, what's come out of there, any of the press conferences, what else has kind of stood out to you? I think Didi's swing looks faster. Um, looks like he's starting to lift some baseballs. Uh, you know, I, I thought he looked a little bit slow uh, down in spring training. Looked like he wasn't fully back to being 100%. But I think he's what? Uh, he's he's more than a year removed from the from the Tommy, Tommy John, John now. Which we have not talked about enough. We just talked about Didi coming back. But, um, I mean, he came back last season, so he's well more than a year, I think, removed. But um, that's a big deal. Like, we don't talk about that extra time for him. We've talked about it so much more for McCutcheon because McCutcheon, it actually needed it to, to start the season on time. But I do think extra time for Didi and that that you know elbow. I think that matters. Yeah, I would honestly, I would, I would look to resign Didi right now for another year or two if I could. You know, I, I, I he wouldn't sign a one year deal right now, but I would, I try to extend him for a couple of years right now because I think they'd be getting him at a at a better deal than they would in uh, in a couple of months here. So, like, I, I would just try to try to because the Phillies don't really have a. a a path at shortstop. You know, if, if Didi leaves this offseason, then it's going to be Bryce and Stott back there at shortstop. Or not Bryce and Stott. Gene Segura uh, back at shortstop next year. Um, and they just they just brought in a shortstop to replace him at the position, to move him off of <laughs> off of shortstop, which seems weird. So if they, I, wonder, I wonder if they could get like a two uh, a two year or three year. Uh, three seems a little long. I wonder if they can get a two year deal done with 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 dd right now I, I that's something i would be exploring if i was the phillies um just because they don't really have anyone else there ready just yet i think stats two years away um so i don't know I, I but the fact that he's starting to, to drive some baseballs i think is big um so yeah i mean i mean i i can't wait to see what dd's gonna look like uh playing out there it's, it just the way he plays shortstop is so much like how j-roll used to play shortstop every ball is right on the money just looks smooth out there and then the, the, the smooth left-handed pop, you know, I, I can't wait for it. And I think, I think if this was a regular 162, you know, I, I feel like we would be getting 20 to 25 home runs from DD. But I think he's going to add some some nice thump to the middle of that lineup. Um, and really just the lineup as a whole, I, I can't wait to see. You know, uh, there's not really a hole in that Phillies lineup. Like The, the Phillies problems are going to be, are going to be back into the bullpen or in, and getting the ball to Hector Neres and 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 the bottom of the rotation, seeing if they can take a step forward. But the offense, like, I'm excited to see what the offense can do. And I think in a shortened season, 
you know, with, with starters that aren't really going to be going deep into the games, having an offense like the Phillies offense could be a difference maker. You know, I, I, the Phillies have one of the best offenses in the National League. And in, in a time where starters are probably going to go four or five innings for at least the first two weeks of the season at the most, um, they can feast on some, some middle relief pitching. So I really think they have a, a leg up um, on most uh, National League teams with uh, not only the, the regular lineup, but also some of their DH options are like, how many teams have a Jay Bruce ready to go? How many teams have an Alec Bohm ready to go? They've, they have a lot of options um, that, that, that can hurt you. So Didi looks like he's fully, fully back. Um, and I think that's a, a real positive sign. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be exciting to watch him play. I think he's kind of been a little bit forgotten in the excitement of the season with, you know, so many other storylines and all that type of stuff. I, I'm, I'm pumped. Um, to have Didi here too. And look, I think your points about the offense are important because uh, look, you know, we know it. It's, it's just obvious that this team is either going to sink or swim in terms of being a true playoff contender by the offense carrying them. Um, but like you said, and, and I think it's one of the reasons I would say Reese Hoskins is one of the most important swing factor players on this team is that, um, I mean, Hosk. If if like I feel like you can count on pretty much everyone in this lineup. If Hoskins can be the old Reese Hoskins and not the guy for the second half of last season, or even something close to the old Reese Hoskins, it can take that lineup from from good or very good to great to potentially you know top two or three in the National League, and that's that is massive. That is the kind of thing that could carry them to the playoffs. So I, I'm 100 percent with you. I think it's I'm excited about the offense. I'm excited about how these guys look. McCutcheon looking healthy. Kingery back, you know, obviously, you know, if, if people haven't read the Jim Salisbury story on NBC Sports Philly about Kingery's battle with COVID-19, it's certainly, it's worth your time. It's a, certainly uh, a reminder that, um, you know, even young, healthy people can get hit pretty hard by this. Um, and um, I appreciate him also talking out about it and kind of, you know, raising awareness, just like Freddie Freeman did and all that. But um, I think Kingery and Hoskins, the two guys who, Hoskins getting back to who he was and Kingery and you've talked about this. I mean, you are in on it, but I think Kingery in year three, after taking a step forward, a significant step forward, after looking lost in year one, a significant step forward in year two. Um, I think in year three, I mean, this is a guy, you know, we, it's easy to forget, but was a top 30, 40 prospect in baseball as a pedigree guy is someone who was so highly thought of in the organization that they gave him a record contract by handing him $42 million or whatever it was before he ever stepped on the field or 24 plus the option to make it 42, whatever it was before he stepped on a major league field. Scott Kingery has a lot of talent. And if that dude can take another step forward, a significant step forward, this offense could be like really, really, really good, Jack. Well, he's Dustin Bedroy with more talent. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Uh, MVP Reese winner Dustin Pedroia. Reese Hoskins first 60 games last year, uh, 278 batting average, 402 OBP, 538 slugging, 939 OPS, uh, 13 homers, 42 RBI. Like, I mean, give me that dude. If I yeah, if, if the Phillies get that dude, we might be in serious. Yeah, business. They, like, they, they're making the playoffs if they get a guy like that. Like, that's a real possibility. I mean, especially, especially if you go like. Bryce JT Hoskins DD or, or or something along those lines. Or if they if you want to break up lefty righty, lefty righty, you go um Harper Real Muto DD Hoskins. You can you could do that. Um if you have a, a I still like I know the analytics are whatever against it, but I still like Segura as a two hole hitter. I do too. I, I don't know why I just do. 
I like McCutcheon Segura one too. That's what I would do. Oh, because because you because you've watched baseball yeah. for a long time, <laughs> and you know that Gene Segura is a good two hole hitter, yeah. and you know that's where he would be thriving uh, in the two hole. So um, yeah, if you go if you go McCutcheon Segura Harper, Real Muto, Didi, Hoskins, Bruce, you, you could probably go Bruce there if you want. Kingery um, and then Hazel Kingery. Quinn in the nine spot. I mean, dude, that's, that's a serious r- lineup, man. That's runs, it's, man. It's it smells like runs. Lineup. It's a serious lineup. I mean, like you think just off the top of my head, thinking about the National League in terms of the high end talent as well as the the you know throughout, uh, you know, the Dodgers obviously have a better lineup. Um, but after that, I, I really think you could make an argument at least for you know. I think that you talk about the Braves with with you know some of the high end talent they have there. Um, uh, you know, there are a few teams in the central. I don't, I don't think I, I know people are really excited about the Reds lineup. I don't think that's as good as the Phillies. Um, honestly, I think after the Dodgers, like you could, if, if the lineup, like we're talking about, if it's Hoskins being Hoskins, if Kingery's taking a step forward, I mean, you could argue it could, has the potential to be the second best lineup in the national league. Theoretically. Ah, we, we fully talked ourselves in. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, And the other, like, I was just thinking about it. Like, Honestly, it feels like Bryson doesn't it, doesn't it feel like Bryson JT's team like fully, like oh, just yeah, just, just the videos. It feels like the three of them. Yeah, and it, it just feels like you know Bryce is just taking another level of leadership. JT is just a guy that you watch play, and you're like, I want to be like that. And then there's McCutcheon, who is McCutcheon. You know, McCutcheon's the the happy go lucky. Everyone's loose around him. Uh, on base machine that can that can hit a ball out of the ballpark every once in a while like uh just just running down the lineup just it puts some butterflies in my stomach i'm ready to go it's gonna be the longest 15 days of my life yeah yeah, dude i'm like i'm so ready because again it's not just 15 days it's four and a half months and 15 days or whatever it's been i mean you know since sports have shut down it is um I, I like. I feel like it's so important. I, it's it's like I feel like it's too important to me right now to come back. Like it is, it is everything. I feel like it, I need it so desperately. Um, all right. Any other things that that stood out to you from the the past couple of days down at Citizens Bank? Uh, so I haven't. Obviously, neither one of us have been down there. But it, you know, if you read the writers um, and and the people that have covered it, it, seems like Roman Quinn's off to a really really strong start. Mm-hmm. Now he's obviously. I mean. I don't have to tell anyone that listens to this podcast, but we'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you know, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Girardi, Girardi talked today about how Roman Quinn's a difference maker. And, you know, he is. If Roman Quinn can, can stay on the field, he is a legitimate, legitimate difference maker. I mean, that speed is just. You don't see that anywhere, and he did show some a, a little bit of pop last year. Hit some balls into the upper deck, which showed how just juiced those baseballs were last year. If Roman Quinn's going do- <laughs> upper deck off of Major League Baseball pitching, um, but you know, it, hey, honestly, whoever is the better player in center field should just have the job. Like Hazley's not so overwhelmingly better than Roman Quinn that it should automatically be a- a- Adam Hazley's job. So. Let the best man win, uh, and it seems like Roman Quinn. It, listen, if he if he comes into camp and takes the job, let him take the job. That that sounds perfect to me. So, seems like there's something there. Um, Velasquez, I guess, had a good day today. Yeah, everyone uh, was raving. Oh, uh, Vinny, Vinny, that, 
was it was it Vince Velasquez's best start since the Padres started in 2016 today? Um, oh man, that's 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 the way it was talked about. Um, so there's that, and then there's Zach Wheeler, who uh, if we can imagine if we could just get the usual second half Zach Wheeler, how massive that would be. You know, it, this season could come down to whether or not we get first half Zach Wheeler or second half Zach yeah, Wheeler. No, legitimately. First half Zach Wheeler, four ERA guy. Second half Zach Wheeler, Cy Young contender. So um, we'll see which guy comes out of the gate. But just in everything, you know, I guess today was the first time he's been um, pitching in a simulated game since his last start down in Clearwater, which I was at, and it was electric. And it seems like he kind of translated over to that today. So I can't wait to see Zach Wheeler. I, I, and I, and he's going to be gone for a little bit. I, I, I don't think he's going to opt out. You know, I, I really don't. I think he'll be. I think he'll leave the team for, uh, the you know a week or two. I just, I don't think he's gonna opt out. Um, and the the season could come down to to whether or not he opts out or not. Because if Wheeler's gone, the rotation is just is just oh, not it's, strong. It's a whole different season. Yeah, it's it's a dreadful rotation if Zach Wheeler opts out. Yeah, and it, and it's look, it's if nothing else, middle of the pack if Wheeler's there and. And with Howard, you know, maybe even slightly better than that if if and when they bring Howard up and he is who we think he is. I mean, that you know, you could do a lot worse than a Nola Wheeler-Howard top three. You know, if it again, if, if Howard is what we think he is and can do that from the jump. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, certainly with the offense they have, I think we both agree the bullpen, the biggest question mark, no matter what. So that's going to be smoke and mirrors and hope and all that stuff. But Listen, let's let's be honest. That bullpen is going to be a freaking disaster. Oh, it's a disaster. It's it's just, I mean, it's an epic disaster. Again, your 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 key guys for the sixth, seventh, eighth inning work as of right now is Tommy Hunter, Jose Alvarez, and Adam Morgan. Now, those are three guys that we like to varying degrees, considering who they are and what they are. But those are your to quote Gabe Kapler, elite relievers, Jack. That's your go-to guys. That's not good. Well, I'm sure Girardi's going to handle going from uh, Batances, uh, Ch- <laughs> Chapman, Tim Britton, all these guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, Britton wasn't there when he was there. I think. Well, he, he was had, there I the first what, year. He was there. The, or oh, the, the second the, half. The first year of Britton, he was there. The second year, he wasn't. I believe. Yeah, well, e- either way, either way. At one point, he had a Tommy bullpen. Tommy Conley. Of the, he's got all these guys. At one point, he had a bullpen of uh, Andrew Miller, uh, uh, Andrew Miller, Batances, Chapman, and Chad Green. Like to just be able to to roll out of bed knowing that you have one of those four guys at the at the back half of the game and going from that to uh, Victor Arano, Tommy Hunter, Jose Alvarez, Adam. Like I tweeted I tweeted it earlier this week, but it's legit. The Phillies might have bo- more lefty options in that bullpen than righty options. Like when is that ever a good thing? <laughs> Most it's bullpens unbelievable, are unbelievable. Actually, like I, you know, yeah, especially if Liriano doesn't opt out. I mean. They're significantly better from the left side than the right side in the bullpen. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, honestly, I, the bullpen's going to keep us all up at night. I mean, they're, they're going to blow some games, and the and fact this, that this year blowing games is going to matter so much more than any other year, too. Oh, it's going to be awful. Yeah. It's going to be completely awful. Um, but you know, I mean, that's that's kind of where they're at as a team. And you just hope, like, there's going to be a lot of seven to six games this year. You know, there's going to be a lot of nine to seven barely holding on let's see if they can squeak out some late inning runs and like the fact that the fact that we have to rely 100 percent on hector naris i think is insane you know i i like hector naris 
He was good last year. Like, if you look at his stats, shockingly good. But, I mean, he's he's my most lockdown reliever as my closer. Oh, and, yeah. And How crazy is that? I know it's 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 insane, and, and I, I like co- him. I like Hector Neris. I, 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 I feel I, I feel, I feel confident I, with me Hector. Too. But. I really do. But again, like that's your he's your not just your best reliever. He's easily your best reliever. It's not even it's not even close. <laughs> it's, not gra- it's not great, Jack. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not great. I mean, not, it's not literally close. literally not close. Although I will say that you know Garrett Cle- Garrett Clevenger and Damon Jones are not far away, and I, I can't oh, wait for them please. to. Yeah, Please. we need it. They do. We need it. They but, really do. But, they need a Sir Anthony esque type of run from somebody. Yeah, but but honestly, you know, the first the first day the the reporters were down there live tweeting, it was like, um, you know, the, everyone that was a possible candidate for the Phillies bullpen was just getting lit up by the Phillies hitters, and I was like, well, you know, this is this is about what I expected. Yeah, this, this is, is on on par for for kind of yeah, what I was expecting. Let's get. Let's get used to that one. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's a preview of what we're going to say. Um, all right, what else you got? You got anything else from uh, from down at Citizens Bank? No. I uh, Well, I did go down to FDR over the weekend, mm-hmm. um, which, honestly, I felt like I was back at Lehigh, you know, watching some, watching some Eagles practices. I got a foul ball, and I felt like the... the... <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Dude, I felt like the biggest nerd ever, but I did... <laughs> That's I think I'll, I'll co-sign I, that. It's pretty neat. It, yeah, good foul ball. Um, it was just crazy being down there. You know, FDR, FDR Park, obviously right across the street from from CBP. Yeah, and, and seeing like major league baseball players out there tossing balls yeah. around must have been like really weird. It was so weird because I, I mean, that's where Bloomsburg fell in love with a six foot one, <laughs> slightly overweight righty. Is <laughs> is on the field of FDR Park. They they saw a guy who battled and grinded his way through. Uh, uh, who the memories. It must. It was. It just one of those things where you go back and just all the feels, just feeling the feels. Yeah, uh, and the weirdest part was I was watching Trevor Kelly pitch, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure, I'm pretty sure Trevor Kelly throws like 89 miles an hour. And when I was watching him, I was like, this guy throws 97. Like this, <laughs> this is the hardest ball I've ever seen thrown in my life. That's you know amazing. these. These guys are. It was so weird being so close, seeing major leaguers, and then like Girardi comes jockeying out, and I'm like, dude, that guy could just kick my ass. Like he is in such good shape for for an older dude. Um, but it was cool being out. Like it's just there's a cool vibe around everything. You know, the fact that they're working at FDR Park, I think is cool. Like it's FDR Park. I I I've been drunk at FDR Park. You know, <laughs> I've thrown a baseball at FDR Park. You know, yeah, I've I've secured a college scholarship at FDR Park. Um, I've literally like one of the best Eagles tailgates of my life was at FDR Park, and like <laughs> there's Joe Girardi and the Phillies just practicing yeah, right here. Super weird. Yeah, but it's cool, man. Like I think that's cool. I so think it's awesome. It's yeah. like you said before, it does it does give off the feel of yesteryear of, you know, like back when you could go down to Scheib Park and, you know, get autographs or this. It does it feels like it's uh, it feels on, like man. a relic from a different time. In come a good on, way. man. You you gotta do a better old man voice than that. Come on. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't even trying. I went down to Scheib Park back in my day. Ah, back in my day. <laughs> I hope we don't have any old people. I was just about to say, I I wholeheartedly apologize. 
to any older listeners listening right now. It is very ageist of us there. Well, I mean, listen, I think that the older generation. I guarantee you that any old dudes who are listening to this or any old gals listening to this are cooler than Jack and I. So Yeah. Yeah. The fact that they they can figure out a podcast, I think, (laughs) is true. I can barely figure it out. And and you know they're thinking to themselves like, ah, well, it was five cents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're such a jerk. I mean, Jack is 26 and uh, is already like two out of the last four times we've recorded this. He hasn't been able to get his computer to work. So, you know. No, that's a low blow. That's a low blow. No, it's a shot. It's a shot. You're lucky we're ever doing this podcast again after that shot. All right. What you got in your, uh, your note bag, final thought bag? Uh, boy. Uh, first thing, first thing I want to get out there is that, um, baseball season's 15 days away. You're damn right and, it is, buddy. And I would like everyone in the High Hopes Podcast Nation, uh, to, to, to pass along the word of High Hopes. You know, if you have a, if you have a Phillies fan friend out there that is looking to make this season more enjoyable, may I highly recommend the High Hopes Podcast. And, uh, you know, Join along with with us. You know that's that's what I missed the most out of this whole entire thing is not being able to kind of do the Me grind too. of a Philly season yeah. with the High Hopes listeners. I mean, High Hopes night last night last year was like so far and away the highlight of last season for me there is nothing else that is even well the harper grand slam was pretty great but like that what about opening day <laughs> opening day was great too but that high hopes night was like it was special it mattered like it was it was a a, a beautiful thing to get to meet all these people who listen and cared and and everyone was awesome like it was turns out like like we just said all our listeners are a lot cooler than we are um it was just a, it was a really cool special night, and I, I was really looking forward to doing it again. And, um, you know, we will. High Hopes Night will return, obviously not this season, but next season, hopefully. Um, but I'm with you, Jack. I'm excited to get back into the flow of, like, talking about our team with people who love our team as much as we do, and that's the High Hopes Nestlers. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, if you have a friend out there, family member, uh girlfriend boyfriend that is into the phillies pass it along and help us uh you know grow this thing and 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 join in our journey as uh hopefully we gotta listen there's only two outcomes i want for this season a playoff team or a top 10 team <laughs> top 10 a, pick a yeah. top 10 pick yeah. a top 10 pick that's all i care about so um yeah there is high hops uh, uh there's more fresh high hops on I tap hopes. at four fingers brewing company uh, head over there and try to talk Phillies with my dad. It is always hilarious. Um, he knows nothing about the Phillies. Literally, but I was shocked at how little he knew. It was pretty wild. Doesn't know anything about the Phillies, but really? he's a good dude, and it's good beer, and I think everyone will enjoy it. Um, I want to give some thoughts on the 2021 season um, because if there's one thing this podcast is better at than talking about the regular Phillies, it's talking about the future. <laughs> yeah, we know. We've made a, a cottage <laughs> industry of that. I don't really have anything to say about talking right, right, I have I one thing. To, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming you agree with me. Having the day off after opening day is the most annoying, dumb thing on the planet. I know it's for rainouts. I, I hate it. I hate it with all of my soul. I have no other strong feeling. Whoever thinks of that every year needs to just go away. I hate it so much. Like I, it, every fiber of my being hates it. So, 
But, but, James, calm down for one I'm second. I'm trying. I'm trying, Jack. I'm getting worked the, up. The Yankees come here next year. The yeah. Red Sox come here next year, which is going to be freaking awesome. But, but, listen to this. July 5th through the 11th, the Phillies are at the Cubs and then at the Red Sox. Oh, Wrigley and Fenway? And then they go to the Yankees, the 20 and 21st. Like, I might take off of work all of July next night. Just follow the Phillies around? Go on um, Phillies tour? Yeah. I mean, been, Jack, not? I've been on Fish tour. I've never been on Phillies tour. Why would you ever follow a band? <laughs> oh, so great. So great. <laughs> Uh, and then I already, I already can't wait for the West Coast trip next year uh, to L.A. and then to San Fran. And the first time that Phillies fans can boo Gabe Kapler is April 19th. And boo they will, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I think he's, if he got booed on opening day of his first game, boo he's going to get will. booed. Yes. Yeah. 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 So um, I, I – I, I don't want to make any promises, but there needs to be a, a high hop, a high hopes trip up to Boston, oh, even man. if it's even if it's not through uh, through fans of Philly or whatever. Like I, I before I have kids, I need to go to Boston and watch the Phillies play. Like it's just it's just what I need to do. Um, so I already can't. I I don't want to say if I could fast forward, but if I could fast forward to July 9th of next year, I I would. Look I swear I would ready i would i'm already ready it's it's gonna uh, this this next year it's actually on this date next year it is july 9th right now whoa dude how did we not realize that till just now this time next year that's we'll be pretty crazy in, all right well Boston. now we have to now we have a choice it's like yeah. kismet uh man just think about the phillies playing in fenway and nola going seven innings and just proving once again that he owns the yankees it's uh, be a beautiful is, thing it's great. Also, uh, I have some thoughts on the Sopranos, and uh, in, in the absence of the Phillies, I've been really, really into the Sopranos. Oh yeah, we know. Anyone who follows you on Twitter, I freaking hate AJ Soprano. Like, I just welcome just to, the, welcome to the club, pal. Just a pointless television character. Welcome at the horrible performance of a pointless television character. It's bad on all levels. Like, imagine telling everyone that your big breakthrough is playing H.J. freaking Soprano. Like, who is proud of playing H.J. Soprano? I mean, it's seriously. No one cares about it. It's such a pointless character. Um, uh, just when the... Well, I don't want to ruin it for everyone, anyone that's never seen it. But I just... I, I really love it. I really love the <laughs> I'm so happy for you, buddy. Yeah. I know it's like 20 years too late. But yeah. I thoroughly enjoy The Sopranos. And... Uh, I need, so I'm on season three, episode eight, and I I got fifteen. Along. I got fifteen days to finish it. I mean, it's only three more seasons. You should be able to six total. All right. So you so you believe in me? Oh, I oh, wholeheartedly. But I I would I would bet on it. How about that? Nah, that sounds like a lot. I can't wait I, to hear the update next week. You're gonna be on like season five. It's gonna be great. All right. Well, that's till next week. So let's see if I can figure out my computer by next week. That would be nice. That would be nice. I'll give a final, <laughs> uh, a final watch it if you haven't uh, thing too. Um, for those who have Disney Plus, um, Hamilton is now no, on Disney Plus. No, we're not. We're not doing this. I would go. I freaking hate Hamilton. I've never seen Hamilton, but I hate the Jack, way people talk about I, Hamilton. Ready? I would go so far as to say, it is one of the three or four greatest things I have ever seen in my lifetime. It is one of the few works of true unequivocal genius that I've ever seen in my life. It is 
as good as anything you will ever see. Like, I feel that strongly about it. It is one of the great things I have ever seen in my lifetime. It's that why, good. Why don't you have an interesting take on something for once in your life? You know, why don't you go... Interesting take. Why don't I just you, said it's one of the great things ever created in my lifetime. That's on take. I just want you... I, I just want to know if one day you'll go against the grain. Just one day. You know, today I have to hear you talk about Daniel Day-Lewis, who sucks... And Daniel tell me how Day-Lewis great of an the actor best living actor is. on this planet. And how's that not against the grain? Like, <laughs> come on. It's not like anyone knows who Daniel Day-Lewis is. It's not like, you know, you're like, oh, I love Leo. Yeah, well, honestly, I saw Lincoln I, and I hated yeah, it. Yeah, so Lincoln wasn't that's... a great movie, but he's very good in it. Regardless, <laughs> th- there's a reason that everyone loves Hamilton because ah. it's that good. That's why. Just busting your balls. Yeah, you're is that it. is that a good Tony Soprano? It was okay. Not great. I'm not going to lie Just busting you. your balls. Not, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, Jack. I, I can't. I can't. We never lie on the Hams podcast. So. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing that we do stand for, it is that. Exactly. All right. So if you're like Jack and you're 20 years behind, watch Sopranos. It too is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and check out Hamilton because it's freaking amazing. Uh, all right, Fritzy. Two weeks till baseball. Officially. It's a- oh. <gasps> mm. He's Fritz himself to his earlier.